Hi there, Mark Tinney from Race Fuels. We're proud to confirm that 2021 will be our biggest racing season on record. The 2021 season will see us supply over 1 million litres of fuel, over 50 race events in Australia, New Zealand, plus we're heading overseas to supply GT World Challenge Asia. Our New Zealand supply strategy is expanding as we continue to stock our range of racing fuels in Auckland. Whether you're competing or simply a track day participant, Race Fuels is always on track with fuel supply, particularly with our bowsers at Sydney Motorsport Park, Phillip Island and Sandown. Race Fuels is grateful for the continued support of the Australian motorsport categories, their competitors and the event promoters as we all work to continue to provide fans with great racing. Thanks all, and now enjoy the latest Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. It's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I've got Tony Delberto with me for episode 43 of this wonderful independent podcast. Tony, we've just come off the back of our very, very first race weekend in the TCR Australia series. The first one that... We've done since we started doing podcasts. It's been a long time and we finally got it done. I know the results might, mightn't have gone your way, but uh, good to be back anyway. Yeah, it was good to be back. Probably for about the first two or three laps. They were great. And then uh, the mind shifted to uh, why we were so far off the pace and uh, the frustration kicks in, the competitiveness of a racing driver kicks in very quickly and yes uh not a good weekend grant and we're gonna have to chat about it not too much because <laughs> i'm i'm actually uh going to therapy about it so i'm, I'm almost through and i'm almost uh i've almost forgotten about it i thought this was um, going to be your therapy i thought this, this was the uh, this is actually part of it for the for those playing at home tony's laying down on the big couch at the moment <laughs> uh head up in the head up in the air and Yep, he's uh, requesting medication. I I needed it after that weekend, I'll tell you. But uh, it was good to be back racing. It was as tough as I expected it to be. Uh, really, really good field in TCR especially. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, the old Honda wasn't performing as, as well as what we would have liked. And uh, it became pretty obvious pretty early on the weekend that we had a, a bit of a a battle on our hands and we sort of had one arm tight behind our back. But to be honest, my whole goal after that was to try and win the Honda cup to try and come away the best place Honda, which we, which we managed, yep. we managed to do that. So uh, not all lost. Uh, we come away with, with 11th in the championship, which, um, you know, when you compare it to the first year, I was second in the championship and I, I come away with a pole position. So you can see where I'm going there. It's just a slight difference in performance. But look, I got criticized quite a bit yeah. on social media about my social post after. And I want to talk about this on this episode today because it was ridiculous. Is this the social post that didn't have any words? It was just a couple of photos? No, that was Saturday night. Oh, oh sorry. No, that, sorry. Monday night after the yeah. first race and qualifying, I, yeah, I put some photos up. And I, and I sat there on the couch and I thought, what can I say? You know, honestly. So I just thought, well, I just want to put a post up just to show my sponsors. So I'm just going to put the photos up. <laughs> well, you've definitely minimized the chance of making any spelling errors inside the post. Yeah. 
That's true. No, this was after after Tuesday's uh, race and the whole event was wrapped up. I uh, I put another post up and quickly got called all these names under the sun that um, were a little bit surprising. But um, anyway, we'll touch on that as we Correct. go along. Okay. I missed it. Did you delete the post or is it still there? No, no, still there, mate. Still there. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like it. Cool. Talking about uh, posts, we threw out a, a, a social media post to, today to ask our fans if they'd like to ask us some questions. So uh, we've got a bunch of those to uh, to run through, Tony D, and we'll let you uh, chew through some of them. There was a lot of them asking why the Honda was no good, um, and there are uh, there are some answers to that, and we and we can touch on that. There's also uh, we've got a heap of uh, V8 supercars news yeah. to discuss. Uh, plenty going on in. Uh, in that world as well as we get ready for the first round of that championship, which is coming up at Mount Panorama. We actually get to go TCR racing again before the uh, supercars fire up. So uh, a couple of rounds under our belt, which is uh, quite exciting. I went to Baskerville Raceway for the second leg of the Boost Mobile Race Tasmania uh, after having done Simmons. Simmons was first round of a championship, new broadcaster, I guess in my world, in the media management stuff there was there was a lot going on there was a lot of new things going on and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of variables and it honestly went really well the the broadcast was was very good you know the best best broadcast we've we've seen of tcr racing here in australia i thought the uh, the commentary team did quite well the uh, the pitches that were beaming back into australian homes and all around the world were quite good there's obviously some things that you know, need to be worked on, but that's uh, that would go for anyone in that uh, sort of first day at mm. school sort of position. So um, the the feedback has been amazing. There was a good crowd there. They were restricted with the amount of numbers, but uh, mm. look, as we sort of said at the top of the show, it was just great to get back, get back to a track. Simmons Plains is always a, um, you know, a neat little track to go to. Launceston's an awesome town, but I did have the chance to go to Baskerville for the second leg. Tony, you didn't get to do that. And that track is awesome. It's, mm, mm. It is such an awesome little place. And I know you've been there before. It's like Amaru Park, the old Amaru Park and Lakeside have like just made this little Baskerville baby. That yeah. That's my uh, that's my little take on it. It's, you know, it's old school. Big undulation, some really fast corners. The run onto the front straight is one of the best corners I think I've um, you know ever seen. And then in um, my luxurious position certainly for that weekend as the uh, videographer for all of the action that you people might have seen on trans am and tcr and s5000 pages i got to stand right on the inside of the corner i'm like absolutely fearing for my life if one of those cars <laughs> hit that armco fence then I, I definitely wouldn't have had legs but it was uh, i was i knew it was going to be a, a, a you know a cute little historic track i, I didn't realize how uh, undulating it is how much of an amphitheater it is um it that uh, it blew me away and I, I really thought it was awesome so what was the reason that we couldn't go racing there as part of the championship uh, well i think it was a, a a broadcasting thing is probably the 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 main one and i think a lot of the teams particularly tcr uh, and even tcm uh weren't ready that early in the season to kick off with two back-to-back rounds. So it was budget. I think it was a budget thing all, all I across. I don't think so. 
Well, I don't so, think so. Mate. Or what do you, what do you think? Well, you think of it like this, right? Every everybody's traveled to Tasmania to do Simmons Plains, so mm-hmm. we've all spent the money to get the cars across. Mm-hmm. All we've got to do is travel a few hours to Baskerville to do another round mm-hmm. of the championship. But instead, we've added another round of the championship. So everyone's got to get their cars to that round now. So the cost for the actual year are more. So if everyone was in Tasmania, then we could just and and it was just on budget, then it was it'd be actually be cheaper to do Baskerville than add this other round in to make up our championship rounds. Uh yeah, quite possibly. There are some the extra expense, I guess, comes with the accommodation that they would have had to foot for those days between the events. So there's a little bit extra there, plus the food and the other bits that come with it. But uh, look, I think if we had, if 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 it had run as a two series events in a row, mm. then all of the Sydney and Brisbane people would have had to go home. So uh, unfortunately, we lost a couple of uh, Trans Am competitors because of that. So anyone who came from Sydney or Brisbane in those, uh, at the time, hot spots, not, mm. not green zones, then, then they weren't, but, then they were told to go home. So you you could have gone to Baskerville, Tony, but your car yeah. would have ended up going home. But the, the decision to make Baskerville non-championship was done last year before all this extra COVID stuff. So uh, is it, is it just, um, safety of the circuit? Was that up to scratch or? Uh, yeah. I'm not, I thought it had, I'm pretty sure they could hold a, a, a TCR and mm. TCM race there. That look, they held a, a Trans Am race that went mm. perfectly fine. And I tell you what, they're going a lot faster than the, uh, the little TCR yeah. cars. So, uh, I, I don't think there's any safety reason why maybe Motorsport Australia would have looked at it a lot closer if all of those national categories were going to go there and compete. Like there is some big earth banks there that you're going to crash yeah. into. And that's not something you typically typically crash into these mm. days at, at racetracks. I don't know. I just found it a little strange that we're, you know, holding a race meeting there, but couldn't have a championship round. I just didn't, didn't know the answer to it. I thought it might've been safety because somewhere like Amaru or whatever, you know, the safety isn't up to scratch, yep. you know, to, to run a, to run a race meeting there. Um, not anymore because it's no uh, that's right houses and str- no streets. but you know what i'm saying that style of circuit um isn't up to scratch anymore so but like listening to all the drivers feedback everyone's keen to go back there next year and try and make a double header and i reckon it'd be awesome yeah well that's going to rest in the hands of barry gary rogers they were the ones who stuck their neck out to mm. get this one happening and full credit to them for doing that because uh you know that you have to get one out of the way to see how to see how it goes you know a little affected by the the covid sort of situation which would have hampered some crowd numbers particularly at simmons plains uh, so i think the tuesday event was sold out they couldn't sell uh, another ticket to for, for people to come so um mm. and that was restricted at five thousand. Uh, and the demand was a bit higher. So, uh, yeah, a, a little bit of a shame there, but that had nothing to do with the event or mm. or, or anything. It was just, you know, the circumstances that we're, we're currently living in. Yeah. No, hats off to Gary and Barry for putting the event on because there was times there where we thought this isn't going to happen mm. and uh, they stood strong and, and made it happen. So really, really good to get the championship underway and uh, everybody 
you know, is looking forward to the next round of Phillip Island. There is so many good things happening in the ARG world. You know, I thought the S5000 racing was good. So good to see Thomas Randall take out the round. I mean, mm. that guy's a bloody freak, honestly. The, yeah. the poor bloke has been so sick um, and, and crook, and we all sort of know that story. But just to show you know, his true grit and get out there and com- compete against some really, really good drivers, you know, like top-notch open-wheel drivers. And, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't think he'd have the energy to do it. But, uh, man, he just muscled that car. And I watched his onboard of his uh, pole lap, and he's fighting that thing big time. So to see him, you know, beat these fit athletic drivers uh, that haven't just battled cancer, I thought was so damn impressive. Yeah, no, he did. He did really well. Such a great story. And I, I, I caught up with him after his first race win and he was absolutely knackered. Like he was mm. um, on the, on the ground and didn't even have enough strength to take his race suit off. So um, to get through race distance was uh, impressive to do it at the very front of the field was like outstanding. Uh, and, and to get through the entire race meeting and to get through the round, leading the championship it's a an outstanding feat and yeah maybe he relied a little bit on muscle memory to to get the job done but i tell you his, his muscles would have been would have been hurting he'll, he'll be he'll be better when he gets to phillip island and he'll be mm. even stronger as uh, as as the season goes on so uh of course we wish him all the best with his um with his fight against that testicular cancer but um yeah look the doctors are pretty confident the thing's gone so and he's mm. a uh, he's a tough little cookie so um yep he'll uh go on and up from here right so uh in this episode a little later on of uh while i was at baskerville a great little track and has the first time i went to hobart as well first time i tried cascade lager and that is the best beer i've ever put in my mouth that really is, that's that a is, big it's call a fact. it's a fact and i can't find it on the mainland i think it's only down there so i'm definitely moving to tassie soon <laughs> in the next two to three weeks cascade lager oh my lord that that stuff is amazing uh, so while I was at Baskerville, I, uh, I, I grabbed a couple of people to, uh, to chat with, uh, namely Jordan Cox, Aaron Cameron, Ben Barguana, a couple of your TCR rivals. Mm-hmm. And I also spoke to a man called Marcus Ambrose, who was helping out Owen Kelly down at, uh, at Baskerville and Simmons Plains, uh, acting as crew chief. And uh, he was, a, he was a, a popular man, lots of people coming up and talking to him over the weekend. I stole a little bit of time from him. Uh, so we'll grab those chats a little bit later. Plus, we've got the uh, questions from our fans, which we'll touch on as well. But before we get into all that, let's talk about some news. Okay, this is the news. The news, as always, is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. They made the parkedup.com.au website so they can make your website. It's not going to be ever as good as the Parked Up website because it's <laughs> awesome. You should go check it out. Listen to some of our past pods and maybe even read a little bit about Tony and myself. Um, it's livery season in supercars world, Tony. They're all starting to drop. There's some, uh, there's some good ones. There's some hits and there's some misses. So we've seen the new Red Bull look, a couple of new sponsors on there. Uh, we saw now have seen the two uh, Walkinshaw and Dreddy United liveries in, in Bryce Forward and Chaz Mostert. Andre Heimgartner's was revealed recently, as well as Jack LeBrock's. Uh, so we're start, starting to see them come through. Erebus had a testing livery. 
is pretty full on for the, uh, yeah. for the for the start of the year. What's your pick of the bunch so far? Definitely not Red Bull. Why, why is that? Too many too many sponsors. They're, wow, it's just very busy. I, you know, I busy. I love a Red Bull livery, but there's there's a lot going on there. They've introduced uh, Super Cheap as a as a new partner, and also Ampol um, have, have increased their signage on the vehicle. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, it's got iconic brands on it, but it's just super, super busy. So uh, to me, uh, less is more. I've said that before on the podcast, and unfortunately, that one's got a lot on it. But look, that's the way you, you pay the bills. I get it. I like the Walkinshaw cars. I reckon they're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Chaz's car in particular, but I also like the Midi's car too, and I did did last year too, as well. So I think they're, they're not basic, but they're they've got uh, their color choice you know there's not heaps and different colors you know just thrown into the mix you know yeah. like it's just not like a rainbow um so i think they look Clancy. quite smart yeah I, I don't mind jack lebrock's one with the orange wheels i think that'll definitely stand out quite a bit mm-hmm. erebus livery one i thought was quite cool just for for testing i mean um it's expensive inter- way to go testing yeah but i mean i'd be interested to know whether they've actually got a majors partner locked away just yet generally you, you do something like that if things are still not quite finalized uh or you don't want to announce it just yet but you like you said it's expensive way to do it if you've got a naming rights partner already already locked in so mm. um that'd be interesting um i think they had a reasonable test day i, I watched the behind the scenes uh video that was done and uh, the boys seem to be getting stuck into it and, and doing a lot of laps uh, at winton there so That'll be good. That'll be good, uh, especially when they're they're testing there in a few weeks for the sort of season opening opening launch. Who else do we see? Um, I I tell you the one one that I want to talk about is the Bryce Fullwood Midis car. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's okay. Like there's it's a there's a there's a bit going on. I can see like the, I think the colours work with the darker mm. colour and that really bright pink. Midis is a famous electrical wholesaler that's all of its marketing is based on that heroic pink color and you can see their vans driving around or or trucks or whatever driving around town and they're all like completely pink why isn't that car completely pink own it take it like use that use that pink color there has been pink uh, touring cars in in australia before Mm. Uh, I'm remembering a uh, Tim Slaco. This is a long time ago. This is like early nineties, maybe even late eighties. There was uh, some Slade. pink race cars. No, Slaco. His name was oh, not Slade. Slade. <laughs> I, like, I tell you, we used to do a um, Wilson security McGrath foundation. Yeah. Pink but even car. then that was like a, that was like only half really it still held mm. most of the black and the white but you know little flash we generally replaced the green with the with the pink yeah that was that was you, you only went half at it yeah, i guess okay. um so i think uh the vodafone guys ran a yeah a vodafone livery and it was that was a pretty pink uh pink sort of mobile but um yeah for me midis is is pink and that car should everything should have gone further um, with it yeah should own own it all but look it does match the Chaz car as well so mm. uh you know i can see from that team front why yeah. they've uh, elected to do it but maybe if they're going to do a uh, a one off livery down the uh, down the track or or maybe for next year just um just go full pink just just do it just own it go for it i, I got to tell you i love this time of year with the liveries i, I just I, I love 
seeing the new liveries and what sponsors are on board and how they put it all together and the you know new race suits and helmets and all that stuff. I used to always really look forward to that um, at the start of a season. So I, I do get into the different liveries and uh, you know I can I can critique it now because I'm not <laughs> so involved, but. <laughs> Like I said, less is more. And uh, I tell you, what, I was pretty happy with my Honda at um, Simmons. I'm really happy with the way that livery's come out. It stands yeah, it out good. really well. It looks good, actually. Let's talk about some TCR liveries then. Who, Who's uh, absolutely nailed it? Mine. Mine, the Honda, for sure. Okay. Well, who finished? Who's P2 then in your eyes? P2. Oh, I've got to say Johnny Martin in the mobile car. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> mm. I don't mind Chaz's car. Actually, both of the Audis kind of look. They yeah. kind of look okay. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that. The Josh Bucken car, definitely yeah. the worst. <laughs> I'm not. No, quite... I tell you the the one for me, Jordan Cox. Oh. That thing might be a rocket ship, but nah, it looks that, okay. White and orange. No. no. Why doesn't that? Why doesn't that work? Oh, it just looks terrible. Not, not doing it for you. Yeah, the Josh Bucken Hyundai. Jeez, man, that guy's going to be quick. And the yeah. HMO team. Told ya. Bloody told you. HMO team are uh, really, really switched on again. So you know they've got their, they've got their new Will Brown in the uh, in the seat. But they had the company that has uh, come. Yeah, on it's board. a battery company. I tell you what, power batteries. I think. Yeah, it is, so power, power charger, something like that. But that that company supplies Hyundai with all their batteries. Yes. So, cool. well, why couldn't they weave the, connection. the uh, logo in? Well, I, I, think I understand the a, connection. It was a very late deal, <laughs> very late deal to get across the line. So it's, it's a shame. I hope they, I hope they tune it up because uh, they can make that. Uh, that would look really good if you did a full livery in that. I mean, it'd take away a little bit from the blue, but it would look really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll um, tell you, it was, uh, she was pretty fast, and uh, oh. and he'll only get faster as he gets a, a little bit more. Uh, Mate, he got a podium on his first race. Yeah, no, no, it's not bad. So bloody good, bloody good. Jay Hansen, he he was going good. Yeah, he went really good. Yeah, went really good. What what did you think of the incident between him and Chaz that knocked Jay off the podium? Well, I, we, we, did we actually even get to see the vision of the uh, incident? No, well, we saw Chaz sort of get knocked out of the way a little bit. I didn't see the onboard from Jay. Yeah, uh, so it looked like a little bit of a hit and run. That's right. Maybe. Uh, but Chaz was was turning in quite early at the hairpin compared to a lot of other people. So I don't know. Mm. Maybe Jay's just tried to have a crack at it and didn't expect him to turn down so hard. I don't mind that from a young 17-year-old having a crack at a uh, former yeah. Bathurst 1000 winner, <laughs> you know, leading supercars driver. He's uh, he just sticking care. it down the inside. Uh, full credit to him. Maybe Chaz didn't think that he was actually going to stick mm. with it and, and try and go through. So, yeah, there were a couple funny, of really actually, good moments. He was right. Jay was running the XLs as well, and he he was right at the front of the field, winning most of those races. But a lot of those XL sessions would lead straight into a TCR one. So you'd see him finish the race and run to get into the TCR car, and like even just to do the TCR sessions, you'd be absolutely buggered. Like they're so hot those cars, and he's just done like a twenty minute to twenty five minute race prior to that. So he would have been absolutely knackered by the end of the weekend. Yeah. And he, um, he's a, uh, he's a good little kid, but he's uh, his face goes bright red. <laughs> looked like a, a tomato when he was jumping out of his TCR car, but, you, but look, he's I'm... fit. He's a fit little kid as well. So, uh, and you do, uh, you do silly things like this when you're 17. So yeah. uh, good on him. But honestly, you feel like that in those TCR things. There's no airflow. It feels like your head is going to explode. Mm. 
that's, you feel that like you're you, comfortable. No, nah, it's not. It's not. They're they're not physical to drive, but they're just hot. Very very hot. So I felt for him. I, I was doing it tough enough uh, in one race. <laughs> But we did see some great racing in other categories. Uh, Trans Am was really good to watch. Um, now, I know you sort of joked last episode about my little Smokey being Tim Brooke. Yep, he did good. But, but mate, the, the bloke got a podium on debut. Mm. And against a pretty good uh, top end of the field there, Aaron Seaton, yeah. Owen the Kelly, Nathan Hearn, Brett Holdsworth. These guys yep. know how to drive those cars and they are really, really good. But I didn't expect races. it so quickly, to be honest, because he done, he's done like three laps in that thing. The team haven't had the car very long, and they actually had a few engine dramas as well over the weekend. And one of the races there, he started dead last from pit lane and drove it to like fifth position or something. Like it was actually a really ripping drive. So he's only going to get stronger. But the front of the field there, you're right. Nathan Hearn, he was super fast, mm-hmm. um, giving it to Cedo. And Owen Kelly. Owen Kelly was was his usual self. Like, you know, the guy hasn't driven a race car in quite a few years and he's just straight back into it, yeah, rubbing no. panels and going for the win. So that that was really cool to see. But, but that sort of top six were just duking it out all weekend, which was really, really cool to see. So I think we're going to see some big battles there. And young Cito won the 10K in Baskerville. Big, big bucks. His shout, mate. I think he's going to use it all for um, uh, future motor racing endeavors. He's got uh, yeah, probably his DVS championship. He's got some big, he's got some big bills to pay for the mm. uh, for the year. So not only is he doing the full Trans Am series uh, for ARG, he's also just recently signed up with Matt Stone to do the Super Two series. So great to see Seaton, the name Seaton, back in supercars. Of course, mm. where his father had won two uh, touring car titles never got that Bathurst 1000 win so maybe there's a uh, another Seaton who can tick that box yeah he's got a big year ahead of him um, he's going to be actually prepping that car so working at Matt Stone's getting the car ready in between rounds um, so it's a big task for him he's going to have a very busy year in the past he's actually worked at DJR um, he's packed that in and he's just focusing solely on his DVS stuff. So he might actually just use that 10K just to survive, just live, you know, mm-hmm. like pay his, mm-hmm. his milky bar bill each week. So, well, uh, cause he's that young. <laughs> yep. Johnny Bow, mate, Johnny Bow winning his hundredth touring car masters race. He's How a legend. cool. Johnny B. He's a legend. He's a legend. And so there's only four people in Australian motorsport who have won 100 races in in any particular class. So mm-hmm. Craig Lowndes and Jamie Winkup are in that uh, 100 club for their supercars feats. Uh, John Bauer now is, uh, is in there for his feats in touring car masters. And the other one is Tony Ricciardello in his alpha mm. sports sedan. I think he's won like 840 races. So he's, he's been in the, he's in the 100 club a long time ago. People uh, often can confuse me for for Tony Riccadello, I think just because of the surname is so long and no one knows how to pronounce it. So yeah, we often get confused with who's who. I mean, I'm happy to to be that guy that's won that many races. <laughs> that's okay. So, yeah, uh, he has won a ridiculous amount of uh, Australian sports sedan races. It's a um, it's an incredible number. So, uh, so look, I do have some chats to go through from, mm. uh, from some bits that I collected at Baskerville. 
Now, before we get to them, are you sure you don't want to talk any more about the fact that you couldn't get your Honda anywhere near where you really felt you <laughs> wanted to get it? Well, I think we should talk about TCR because we didn't really touch on it too much. Um, we spoke about a couple of drivers, right. but... Lee Holdsworth you know, qualified on pole. Jordan Cox yeah. won a couple of races. Holdsworth won uh, the very first race of the year. Chaz Mostert sits second in the title. The Alphas were super strong. The Audis were also there. Luke King was very impressive. The Hyundais mm -hmm. weren't too far off. Just a couple of tiny little mistakes from Josh Buck and, and Brad Shields, but like they were they were really fast. Uh, in the middle of the pack there, the, the Peugeots were kind of there. Aaron Cameron led the race. They just had some uh, mechanicals, some brake issues. And of course, the uh, the big one where, where Jason Barguana in his Burson auto parts car had a, a huge brake failure and uh -huh. um, reared it into James Moffat's car. And man, that was a scary, scary, scary sight. Uh, yeah. We were all thanking everything, all the lucky stars that, that Moff was able to get out. Uh, okay. Because he reversed it into the driver's side um, mm. rear door. They were both certainly a bit shaken and stirred, but uh Thankfully emerged okay. They were both at Baskerville. So Baskerville, sorry. I got pulled up a few times by the locals calling it Baskerville. They didn't like can, it. Can we confirm though that Bargs didn't buy those brake discs from Burson Auto Parts? I don't think, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, are they an off-the-shelf product? I, I don't know enough about it. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. That, that would be... <laughs> maybe, maybe. But... So like the disc, I think the disc has actually sort of exploded because yeah. when you come down the back straight and come into the braking zone, the, the grass was on fire. So part of the disc had flung out and, well, the pad or something set the grass on fire. Mm. And um, when I drove past the incident after the checker flag, because I wasn't too far behind that group, believe it or not, Grant, I was actually, I could see some cars in front of me. Um, so the incident was happening in front of me and they hadn't actually hit the fence just yet as I came past, but after the flag, I couldn't believe the sight of James's car. I actually asked on the radio, like, is he all right? And honestly, like it was a smoldering mess. The, the car looked like it had been hit that hard. And then after seeing the footage, man, so lucky, yeah. so lucky. I mean, I think that car is probably cactus, but. Yeah, mate, I think cares? they'll have a good look at it when they get it off the boat from, from Tassie and, and, and strip it back. And interesting to see if that car, can get to Phillip Island. I'm not really oh, it's sure. It's not far away, is it? I kind of doubt it. Yeah, we're only 15 days away from mm. from getting down the Phillip Island. So, mm. plus GRM, they've got a they've got a big uh, big task ahead. You know, the um, the Caruso Caruso's car needs car. to be touched up. Uh, Bugs's yep. car obviously needs to be touched up. While we're at Baskerville, um, uh, Dylan O'Keefe's car um, mm. shed a hub, so there was a little bit of damage there. Not not a lot. That's probably the lightest of them, but. Plus all just the general maintenance that need to be done on all the other cars uh, that they'll be working absolutely overtime. Uh, if if anyone wants to um, pop down to GRM with some uh, dinner snacks, I think they'll be <laughs> greatly appreciated. Yeah, it's gonna be a big few weeks for those guys. They do run quite a few cars, not only in TCR but also has five thousand as well. So anyway, let let's move on to this terrible weekend that I had, Grant. <laughs> Terrible. We don't. We certainly don't talk need to about, harp on it. Talk about let me starting a championship on the back foot. Let, let me set the scene. At the end of okay. 2020, 
We did no racing here in Australia, TCR. But there was lots of TCR racing going on all around the world. And the Honda Civic Type R was awarded Mm. the 2020 TCR Car of the Year Mm. because of its cumulative amazing results that it got. It won some championships, took a lot of race wins, a lot of pole positions. And with the formula that they've got to calculate this Car of the Year, the Honda was deemed to be the best. So when you start the new year, it mm. obviously means with the global BOP that it's set by... What's BOP? Tell, the tell BOP is BOP. a balance of performance. And because you've got the best car, effectively, they're giving you the harshest of penalties. So so those penalties come through a, a variety of things, but weight... Uh, ride height. Ride height, turbo restriction or, yeah. or engine yeah. output or, yeah. or whatever it is. So they're the three main ones. Mm. Um, so just by nature of being in the best car, you were going to start with some of the more heavier restrictions. So and let me, add let to me that, set the scene. Add to that the circuit that needs lots of get up and go, like lots. You need maximum get up and go. Mm. Yeah, you were uh, you you were fighting with at least one hand, maybe even half of the other hand behind, <laughs> uh, behind your back. So that's a, uh, that, that would have been really hard to get around the hairpin with no hands on the wheel. <laughs> the, the Honda was awarded car of the year, but there are more Hondas in TCR than any other brand, right? So when you take that into account and you look at all the different championships that are running, if Honda has more cars in, in each championship, of course, it's going to, take away more points and and all that right so they well it's not based on how many points it's based on an average of points so but but if you've got more cars you've got more chance right right in that it's got a if if there's more in it they've got a greater chance of and and look jazz motorsport the italian team they build a fantastic car as well they the hondas are one of the best built tcr cars that that are going Mm. around very very reliable touch wood i'm touching wood right now Mm -hmm. but we got to Simmons Plains and it was very obvious from the first practice session that we we're in trouble. And, you know, as a team, you sort of go through maybe practice and you think, oh, okay, maybe we haven't got the handling of the car right. So let, let's work on that. And we did all that. Still ended day one, the bottom four cars by a mile, like mm-hmm. by a country mile. You had the alphas at the top and you had, you know, it, each manufacturer, it was almost like segmented. It was in blocks. It, it was yeah. so weird. I'd never seen this before. In in all the TCR racing that we did uh, in the first year, there was always a mixture. Yeah. And you go to some tracks and, yeah, the Honda might excel at one or it might struggle a little bit and you might be fifth or something like that. But we'd never seen it so you know, blocked and segmented. So there was, there was a drama. Then when you look through the data and the, the data that we have on other cars like speed traps and, and like sectors on the circuit, we were losing seven tenths of a second in one straight from the hairpin to turn six, which is the, the last corner before you sort of come onto the front straight. Seven tenths to Holdsworth and over 10 kilometers an hour down the back straight. Yeah. So TCR is... And the, the absolute reason why we're involved is because it is a parody class and they do change this stuff all the time. And we've seen it in previous years where they've actually changed it over the race weekend. New regulations for 2020, we don't touch it over a race weekend. So it meant that whatever we had 
that's what we had to deal with for the whole weekend, which is, I think is a smart thing in some ways because everyone's going to bitch and whinge when they get to a race meeting, they're not fast enough. And, oh, we want 10 kilos off and we want more boost and we want less rider, whatever. You just you know? fox all the way through practice yeah. and wally to get, and a, then bang. Uh, get a, yeah. So I, I totally get that. But we've gone to the first race of the year and clearly it's not right. Clearly. Mm-hmm. So we did, we did the best we could over the weekend. I mean, I, I was pretty damn happy with my qualifying to um, qualify us mid pack. But as soon as we got in the racing, I mean, I was just out the back, like just absolutely trout up down the, down the straight and no hope of actually uh, defending it. I tried to defend it and they, <laughs> and the guys would literally go, okay, we'll, we'll just go the other way then. Just go around the other side and they, they'd pull back in before the braking zone. So it, it was really, really tough. We fought as hard as we could to try and get it looked at. Um, but yeah, in the rules, it says you can't change things over the weekend. So we, we had to deal with what we were given. So you just yelled at me for the entire oh, weekend. That's basically so angry. what you did. Why was so I angry. your punching bag? Because like I came so, out of there with black eyes and sore ribs and all sorts. Like uh, You know what though? Like as funny as it is, I don't know if people realize how serious it is. Like we're not going club racing where it's actually, it's a national championship for, for myself in particular. I have a, a car brand supporting me in this championship. They're putting their money behind my championship aspiration. So when you're sitting 15th or something, it's not good. It's not good. So it, it wasn't a very good look for anybody involved. And, uh, I know there will be changes for Phillip Island, but mm. we are on the back foot for this championship and we've got a lot of work to do to try and catch up those points. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to see a round like that again where you have you know, a manufacturer just so far off the pace that they've got no chance because now everything will get adjusted. Well, um, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there's, I guess there's no use... Um, doing too much crystal balling about what may happen, but you know, it'll become pretty obvious when the new BOP comes out, when the new uh, restrictions are, you know, taken away from, from you guys or added mm. to the alphas or whatever, you know, where everyone will, I think, will balance I think out. You'll see. So I could for sure frustrating in a, in a parody class where you've got the clear haves and have nots. And it was probably also accentuated by, the circuit that doesn't put that doesn't like you know make it any easier for mm. those who are struggling to to swallow it any any but any better but yeah let me let me explain this though like we we went to that round not expecting to be the car that's going to be the quickest thing there because generally the honda isn't that's not its strength in a straight line but we expected to sort of be at least in the fight in the mix somewhere you know if we, we do our job right you might snag a top five or something like that and i think that's the way it should be like you've got to work really hard for the result we definitely don't want a free kick you know like that's not the way the championship is um that's what not the way anyone wants to go racing but i feel like some cars got a massively free kick at simmons and that's just the, the luck of the draw of where what the track we went to and and the way the bop rolled out but I tell you what, I'd be pretty disappointed if if there's no change to the BOP come Phillip Island. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, oh I think God. it's. I'm pretty sure that it's the 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 next TCR race anywhere in the world is at Phillip Island. So, so WSC get the data from mm. from Simmons and make their global adjustment based on that. So, 
by nature, it has to change. And and mm. we won't find that out until I think the week leading into Phillip Island, exactly what it'll be. Uh, so we'll see. There's also some uh, driver compensation weight things, which will also add to it. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's still a lot to play for five rounds to go heaps of points on the line. The last question I want to ask you about the, speed or lack of of your honda how was your right foot by the end of the weekend (laughs) how hard were you pushing that throttle through the firewall i'm not even joking and and we can speak to lee estimation from reaction performance if you like but i had my calf my right calf was like really sore from the weekend i've been pushing so hard on that throttle to try and just get like another little percentage out of it that I could barely walk the next day. Oh, no. I'm not joking. That is absolute truth. 100% truth there. I'll tell you, there was some, there was some good racing. Uh, obviously, uh, you were uh, like a bit not of a part witch's, of it, a but witch's yeah. hat. There. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there, there was some good racing. Great way to kick off the super cheap auto TCR Australia series uh, and looking forward to Phillip Island. In a couple of weeks' time, we know all of our Victorian fans, Tony, are going to come down and uh, and support mm. you and 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 cheer you on. And, and I think hope, that's what will get that... me across the line. There you go. Yeah, looking forward to Phillip Island. It should be good. There's going to be super bikes there as well. It's going to be a huge, uh, huge race meeting with Trans Ams and uh, the GT World Challenge and uh, and all sorts of things. So S five thousands. Yeah, can't wait for for Phillip Island. Right. So while I was down in Bar- Baskerville. I spoke to a, uh, a few of the drivers and the first one that we're going to launch into is Jordan Cox. Now, Jordan currently leads the super cheap auto TCR Australia series. Uh, he won two races. He actually crossed the line first in only one of them, but Lee Holdsworth copped a bit of a uh, time penalty for jumping the start. I spoke to Jordan about his early success in TCR Australia. And it's great to welcome Jordan Cox onto the Parked Up podcast. Jordan Cox's first ever appearance on the Parked Up podcast. We've avoided you this long, but we can't do it now because you're the leader of the TCR Australia series. It's a good feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Um, yeah, it's a good way to start the series. I'm not getting ahead of myself, though. There's um, you know, six rounds and we've only got one, one down, five to go. So um, good position. we just got to see how the rest of the year plays out. We've got some tracks coming up that'll suit the... Um, suit the alpha pretty well and some at the end that won't so uh we've just got to play the game it certainly did suit the alpha with lee holdsworth jay hansen and michael caruso all showing really good pace with the alpha package philip island is coming up next and dylan o'keefe was supremely dominant there last time so uh it must give you a little bit of confidence moving into the next one yeah i, I in a way, yes. I don't. The BAP won't help us going there, so I, I think I think we'll have a really close battle going into there. I've got my money on the Hyundai's, um, knowing their corner speed and what Phillip Island's like. So I think the Hondas are going to rocket up the order as well. So we're definitely going to have a changing of a, a mixture of results of the next one. I think um, more importantly, I think we're going to have more makes that could probably win it. So which which makes for a better show. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Did you sort of think at the end of round one in 2021 that you'd be leading this thing and be, you know, considered one of the title favourites? 
I, yeah, I definitely hoped I would be. Uh, probably didn't think I would be. So, so um, yeah, it worked out well in the end. So I, yeah, look, same again though. It's it's you know it's the last yeah it's the end of the year that I'm worried about. Not not now. So we still got work to do on myself and and the car to 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 get better. Um, so whether we can do that's another question. So that's what I'm more focused on. And we're here at Baskerville Raceway for some invitational races for TCR, only six cars. You put on a good show on the Saturday. What do you think about the circuit and uh, and, and could we have a full round here in the future? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing track. And if it was on the mainland, I, I, everybody would be frothing at the mouth to get onto it. It's, it's awesome. It's, although it's short, it's very fast. It's got a lot of elevation change, which I think is lacking from a lot of racetracks around in Australia and, and around the country, and it makes for great racing. Uh, I think it brings out a lot more in the driver skill and driver setup. So, I th- oh, sorry, car setup, sorry. So I think um, it's a driver's track. This one. And so and I, yeah, for me, I, I just love it. The elevation change is the biggest thing. You come over the, the top the top corner, you can't see the apex, and you turn in before you've even seen it. You know, you don't know where you're going to end up, and the car floats on you and gets sideways, and you just got to work it, and and then it re- rewards the committed. A bit like the top of Bathurst, when we know what that's like. So, um, yeah, I, I really wish I was on the mainland. Put it that way. You're down here for the TCR Invitational in your Alpha, but the main show is the Trans Ams. You had a little sneaky drive of Mark Crutch's Trans Am car in that second practice session. Did pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first real, real, real drive race car experience. Um, and I, I was pretty happy. I, I wasn't. I got out of the car thinking, oh, I haven't got this yet. Like, and then uh, turned out I was, I was up there on the practice sheets, which is, you know, it's practice. Can't read much into it. But I feel as though, like a bit more work, like a bit of time in the car and and tune it up a bit. I, I could be mixing at the front, which um, it's an awesome category. I, I, if I wasn't racing. Uh, TCR that I'd more than likely be trying to have a crack in TA2 so um, yeah I've known Mark for a while and we've um, Mark Crutcher that is the owner of the car and we've been uh, jing each other up that I could have a steer one day and we looked at each other yesterday afternoon well the car's here you're here I'm here let's let's make it happen so and and we just jumped in and the boys at ARG were pretty accommodating to to fit us in so I think um, yeah, like a, a fantastic car, like H-pattern dog box, that's that's me, that's proper. Clutchless shifts, like bang, bang, going through the gears. Mate, all, all about that, so uh, I'd be definitely keen to have another crack. We thank Jordan for his time. Now, he, as, as he said there, that was the first time that he drove a Trans Am car. He drove it in practice too, and he was only six-tenths off Aaron Seaton. In that one session, first time ever in a rear-wheel drive car with slick tyres. Jordan Cox is a is a serious talent. Agree? Absolutely. Yeah. No, he's he's um, very good steerer. Um, he's very good in front-wheel drive, and clearly, uh, even when you put him in a rear-wheel drive, he's he's got a lot of talent. So, yep. No, we he's definitely um, young gun, and he's going to be hard to beat this year in uh, TCR, no doubt. Speaking of young guns, I also spoke to Aaron Cameron, who took a couple of wins in the TCR Invitational down at Baskerville. I've got Aaron Cameron with me. We're here at Baskerville. We're racing some TCR cars around in the Invitational. 
It looks like a hell of a lot of fun out there. Yeah, it's absolutely mega track. Like, hopefully we can get here one day and, and race for real. But me, Benny Bargs, John Cox, absolutely going for it out there. So it's really fun. Uh, that the run onto the front straight looks like one of the best corners in Australian motorsport or anywhere in the world. Yeah, 100% onto the front straights. Um, yeah, it's in between gears. We're trying to get the power down without and trying to see the exit. So it's quite tricky, but I think we're all slowly getting the hang of it. So I've asked a couple of uh, the guys the same question. Could we have a full-on race meeting around this joint? 100% we could. It'd be absolutely mega. Like, there'd, there'd be some proper hard racing, which is all what we want to see. So I think next year we will be here racing for real, hopefully. And a very quick shout-out to one of Parked Up's great supporters, Reaction Performance. I know you do some of the training with Lee and his team at Reaction Performance. Has he been working you uh, hard while you've been away down here in Tassie? Yes, he's been calling me up all the time, making me do all sorts of exercises and, and fitness stuff. So, yeah, Lee, I love Lee. Lee's been doing really helpful for me with my fitness progression. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the year ahead, working with him, yourself, Tony D. It's, um, it's really good. That does sound very typical of Lee. He's always on the phone. He's always uh, giving us a hard time, especially you, Grant, actually. He gives you a hard time for not yeah. doing your training. I know. I, know. Um, I did actually travel to Simmons Plains with Lee because uh, he was helping Tim Brooke. Uh, really, really good to um, spend the weekend with him. And he sort of managed our nutrition and all that stuff as well. So just to see that side of it, how he works. But Aaron Cameron, mate, uh, absolute gun. I rate him. I reckon he's going to really go uh, a long way in motorsport. He's young. He's, I think he's only just turned 21. Yeah. Um, just an absolute gun of a driver. So I shouldn't Very say this, but uh, too. yeah, he just goes about his business. He's quiet. He obviously knows what he wants from the car. And last year, sorry, in the first year of TCR, he, he went really well. And uh, this year he, he's already kicked the year off really strong. So I think he's going to be, very fast. He was very quick at Simmons Plains in the Peugeot. And uh, that car has certainly got some straight lines. So, Phillip Island, look out. After Aaron Cameron, I grabbed his GRM teammate, another Peugeot driver, young Ben Barguana. And it's great to welcome Ben Barguana to the Parked Up podcast. Ben, we're down here at Baskerville. What have your thoughts on the weekend so far? It's, uh, it's really exciting. I mean, it's my first time here. I didn't really know this track existed until we got here, but man, this place is cool. It's exciting, it's fast, it's tight. It's just like a big go-kart track, but so far having a lot of fun. Uh, the, the question that everyone has wanted to ask is, could we hold a full TCR race meeting down here? It, it would be cool, and it would be full on. Um, I just don't know, like the pit area isn't big, there's no real pit lane area. So I'm not sure on that side of things, but um, to have all all 18 TCR cars here would be oh, it'd be mega. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the walls aren't uh, too far away from the racetrack. There's a couple of uh, sketchy little bits, but the track layout itself and the undulation, it's like a mini Bathurst. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just like so up and down, blind corners, everything. Um, it's it's probably a hard track to pass, but you know if. By the end of the weekend, if we all got tyre degradation, things like that, it'll be uh, we're all just hanging on, so it'll be interesting and probably could make it interesting and uh, exciting. 
And he's an excitable little character, isn't he? He's, uh, he's uh, almost taking after his dad, uh, who is like one of the most excitable characters you ever likely meet. Certainly one of the most enthusiastic. Uh, and I've got to know the Bhagwanas quite a bit, uh, just over uh, their TCR journey. Um, I, I've known Jason for a, a very long time, but um, I've got to know both of those guys really well. We, we filmed some some videos down at their their home recently where the Bhagwanas take you for a virtual lap around each of the TCR circuits. I don't know if you've seen any of those yeah. great pieces of content, Tony, that, that I'd put together, but uh, yeah, they, they work together really, really, really well. And uh, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how Ben develops with uh, I think the, the Simmons round was, was clear that Jason still got a little bit of an edge on him. But mm -hmm. um, you know how quickly, or how soon, or when are we going to is are we going to see Ben in front? I don't think it'll be that long. At Simmons, they they weren't far apart. I think one of the races I had I was in the Barguana sandwich. I Jace <laughs> just in front of me. I was trying to chase him, and I had Ben putting all his pressure on me from behind. So um, no, nah, it won't take him long to learn a few things, a few little tricks, and uh, before um, Jace knows it, Ben will be up the front, and uh, he won't know what's hit him. So uh, no, he, he's a he's a good little steerer as well, and he just sounds exactly like Jace. Yeah, the, for the sure. Excitement, and enthusiasm, um, is a chip off the old block. <laughs> there we go, and not a bad chip either. So uh, the last chat I had, and this was a little bit of a longer chat. This is with the great man Marcus Ambrose. He was down at Simmons and Baskerville looking after Owen Kelly as the crew chief. They also had their little lackey was this fella called Greg Rust. I don't know if you've heard of him before. So they had an all-star crew working on uh, the number 73 Fujitsu Ford Mustang. Of course, uh, Owen, Owen called up his uh, old mates at Fujitsu and, and said, uh, hey, would you like to come and um, put some stickers on the side of the car so we can get the boys back together and go racing? So um, a few retro elements all, all wrapped into the one. Owen ended up finishing second in the Tasmanian 10,000. He took home a little bit of cash as well. There was cash prizes all the way down to 10th. So uh, Ambrose was looking after his car, of course, two-time supercars champion, NASCAR race winner. The guy has been there. He's done it all. He's a legend of our sport. And I asked him about the Trans Am class. And of course, I had to ask him, when do we see him back racing? It's great to welcome Marcus Ambrose to the Parked Up podcast. Marcus, you're, you've been uh, crew chief for Owen Kelly's car at the inaugural uh, Baskerville Trans Am race. What's been your thoughts? Oh, it's just been a great event and Owen Kelly's a good friend of mine. We grew up racing go-karts together in Tasmania. We've been enemies, we've been friends, we've been co-drivers together, we've done lots of stuff. And, and so to come here and give him a hand, um, he decided to come and do these two races with the Gary Rogers car. We've done a lot of work on the car to get it competitive. Uh, not that he was in bad condition, but you know, just to suit Owen and, and we've put a, our own sort of ideas into this car. It's going really well. He, we've had race wins and pole positions, so we can't complain with our weekend. It's, it's been fun to see Owen you know, growing and comfortable in the car. It's great to see Baskerville, Baskerville being used properly. And it's my first experience sort of looking at these Trans Am cars and they're, they're a great class, great category. It's got a great future. You were obviously at Simmons and also here at Baskerville. Is there a future for this event to, to keep going January, early in the year, uh, back-to-back -back race meetings? I certainly hope so. 
uh, Gary and Barry Rogers have done an incredible job to pull these two events off during COVID. Uh, you know, I was talking to them both uh, pre-Christmas and they thought they were out of trouble, out of the woods, and then we had all, all the shutdowns that happened over the Christmas holidays and, and they just powered through it and committed to it. Uh, so credo to those two and also to the state government for uh, you know, still putting the race on. Uh, we put it off flawlessly, really. Everyone's been doing the right thing and um, it's just great. I, I, I certainly hope it has a future. We have two beautiful racetracks in Tasmania, both very different in their design and style. Uh, and to race in the Tasmanian summer, uh, what a great idea. And I hope, hope we've got more of these races coming up in the years to come. This track here is absolutely incredible. It's it's like a little mini Bathurst or Amaru or a little bit of Lakeside as well. Had you done much racing here yourself as a youngster? I had my very first car race here. Um, and my, the only race I've ever done was here. And uh, I was on my P plates in a distant skyline, uh, just trying to get ready for a Formula Four championship. And I think back then you had to have done five races to, to race in, in a national championship. So. This is my very first ever race. I remember driving the car down with the slicks in the trunk and the back seat and coming down here with basically a, a tiny toolbox and a jack and putting the slicks on and getting the race done. But uh, Tasmanian uh, Motorsport, Motorsport Tasmania they call themselves, doing a great job with our two tracks. Um, and it's really great to see you know, the community get behind these events. Muskville's been very well maintained by the, the local club here. Uh, and it is a, it's a little gem, you know, it does remind me of Lakeside and Amaru. It's that vintage track and um, Don, who actually built the track uh, way back in the early 60s, is here today. Just great to see him here enjoying what he created so long ago. So the, car, the, the circuit easily suits these Trans Am cars, so no reason why we couldn't have more TCR cars, even more TCM cars come back for a, a full-blown championship round here. Yeah, the, some features of the track do need to be upgraded. Um, I'm sure there's some safety issues that they're going to look at, um, you know, to race some of these um, bigger, more national level championships. But this track does suit these Trans Ams. It certainly suits the TCMs as well and the TCRs. It suits all cars, to be fair. Um, you know, and this track's not small. It's a, it's a great racy little track. It just needs a bit of an upgrade on some of the safety stuff and inside the pit area um, to get it up to modern standards. And finally, as great as it is that you're here in pit lane, I'm sure there's um, thousands and thousands who would uh, love you to see you behind the wheel again. Any any thoughts maybe for next year? Not, no, no, I have no thoughts on that at all. My daughter, she's getting into kart racing now. She's doing quite well. Uh, she's here. She's been working for Gary Rogers Motorsport this week, uh, last weekend and uh, helping out, out us here, uh, just sort of learning motorsport again. So you're going to see us around the track a little bit. But maybe a different Ambrose behind the wheel. You just don't know. And we thank Marcus for his time. Unfortunately, the answer to going back racing was a big, uh, big fat no. But he's getting his daughter ready to compete in go-karts. So another Ambrose coming through the ranks. Well, there you go. It's, uh, he'll probably regret that because he'll have to spend every waking hour uh, preparing go-karts and, and going to go-kart tracks. How many, how many go-kart tracks would they have in Tassie, though? Yeah, they don't, they've got a couple there, don't they? Yeah. I'll tell you what, you could almost race go-karts around Baskerville. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It might, might be a bit bit of a struggle getting an old Jay or a Clubman up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to good to see Marcus hanging around the Simmons Plains uh, pit area. I saw him quite a few times running around after Owen Kelly. 
Um, you just can't keep him away from it. No, nah. and he takes it so serious as well. Like the, the you know, the, and I know there was a bit of cash on the line at Baskerville, but you know, he just loves it. He's a, he's yeah. a racer, and think- uh, and th- and that's what that Trans Am class really is about. You know, it's uh, it's back to to grassroots style motorsport and you know they're pretty user friendly there's not a great amount of adjustment they're all very common uh and uh, you know just see a big future for that class you know what i think we need to get marcus on the show yeah we can do that did you organize that i didn't but i did just grab him for the show no i know but like do a proper long interview oh okay well you start thinking of some questions and uh and we'll start all we'll right. get going all right we're going to wrap up this show but not before we grab a uh, answer a couple of questions from our uh, social media followers. We threw out the uh, ask uh, Tony and Grant some questions. I don't know. No one had any questions for me. Of course, it's uh, <laughs> it's all about you. God damn it! All right. First question that we've got is from Sam Wan, and he says, even if Gary Barry and ARG are willing, is Baskerville capable of holding a full points round for TCR? and other ARG categories? The answer is yes. There will be a, need to be a few safety improvements made to the circuit. Motorsport Australia will, will have to be happy with that. But as you heard from the likes of Jordan Cox, Aaron Cameron, Ben Barguana, and even Marcus Ambrose, they, they all agree that it can actually happen. So watch this space. It, it's, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, there's a bit to go on before before that can happen. But um, all right, next question. We have Tim Hales and he says, good afternoon, Tony. Very polite. Quick one for you. What is your favorite Adelaide delivery? You are my son's favorite. <laughs> my favorite Adelaide livery has to be the third car when we had it in the third color. So it was like a bright blue. And yep. I've, I've still got third as a personal sponsor now. Yes. But yeah, the car looked fantastic, absolutely stunning. So was that only a one-off, or did you, you, you no, didn't it, you use it at Simmons as well, or did the third stickers yeah, come off then? I think the third stickers come off. Well, we I think we might use it at the Grand Prix. Uh, yep. I think Adelaide at the Grand Prix, and then uh, then the stickers come off, and then Highflex came on. There we go. Well, we actually also had a uh, a question from Third Australia. And they asked, hi, Tony, good to see the third blue going well with the car. What do you think? <laughs> Funny thing is I know these guys are just like falling the piss, but um, looks great. I think, though, the third blue is slightly different to the Honda Racing Blue. I think right. that it just might be just out a little bit, just, just you know, looking um, from my keen eye. And uh, I think that's what, what they might be referring to. Might just be a little bit off. Alan Lightbourne asks, will we see a co-driver TCR race this year? And if so, you could have any current or past co-driver with you. Who would you pick? That's an easy one for me. I would pick, and it's not because of height. Mm-hmm. I would pick Fabian Coulthard because he has had me in his race car for the last five years and I need to repay the favor. So okay. if there is a TCR endurance race this year, which I think there is meant to be at Bathurst. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's the that is the plan as it stands at the moment. Mm. Now, how how it all works, we'll have to wait and see. But there's there's a good good chance that that it will happen. So, yep, I reckon I need to repay the favour to Fabs. 
So that would be my first pick. He'd have to bring heaps of money though. Heaps of money. Okay. <laughs> cool. You you've got that fabs. Start collecting those sponsors. Get it ready to go. Actually, collect the sponsors. You're not going to be able to put any stickers on the car though, because no, there's no room. Yeah, there's no room. Uh, okay, here we go. Tony back at DJR, or are you going to Team Sydney in 2021? Question mark. That's Who's from that Stephen Brennan. Okay. Um, not going to Team Sydney, I can tell you that, and not confirmed to DJR just yet. So you can read whatever you like into that. Okay. Adam Rowley. Oh, I, I did get a question from my brother. What okay. is your weight, Grant Rowley, after the period? <laughs> are you back training again? <laughs> Well, for our regular listeners, they would know that I went through a bit of a uh, post-COVID um, detox and, uh, and and up the training and uh, deleted some of the bad foods that I was uh, indulging in. And uh, I think I started my training, I think it started at 95 or 96 kilo and got down to, there was a couple of days that I saw under 90 kilo. So, so that was good. And then I joined my brother for a month over the Christmas period and put four of those kilos back on. But I think I've uh, shedded a couple of them since then. I don't so, think um, so. I'm sitting around so. the night. too many sitting Cooper's light, Cooper's ales or whatever they are. Uh, Cascade Lager. Thank you very much. My Cascade new Lager, personal okay. favorite beer. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Braden Hales. We both know him quite well. You know him best. He was your uh, former uh, media and marketing and uh, mm. admin guy, uh, an absolute admin. legend. Jeez. Well, ad, he did uh, a lot of your organizing sort of stuff. Is yeah, that, I suppose, but right? I, I wouldn't call him admin. I, I definitely uh, PR and marketing. Yeah, there we go. PR and marketing. I always I thought that he was basically running your life there for a while. He was actually, yeah. So uh, I don't by saying admin, I don't mean to discredit. Um, I mean that you know he was he was he was your diary. He was yeah, your yeah, diary. Yeah. So, Tony, oh, after your co-driver, Tony Oliuzzi, former F1 driver, uh, who raced with you um, at the uh, at the Gold Coast in 2012 and, and had the big start line shunned, I think, you did you qualify third or fourth or something? We were up the front, yeah. And uh, he uh, he stalled it at the start and then got slammed into and race no, was he, over. He didn't slam. He didn't stall. So, Will Power stalled a couple ahead of him. So, maybe we were like sixth or seventh. And yeah, Will Powers stalled, so he's tried to get around him. And anyway, he's running to the back of him, and then everyone's running to the back of our car, and our car was just absolutely written off, mm. like it was the worst I've ever seen it. Yeah, that was terrible. Well, I mm. think my most memorable bit from that weekend was that you ran the Italian flag colours down the mm. bonnet and across the roof, which was my idea, and um, and I was scared to actually suggest it to your dad because I thought, oh no, he's gonna. He's, he's going to say, no, nah, that's too expensive. Putting stickers on, no, nah, we're not doing it. Anyway, you guys did it. And I thought, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a uh, my little contribution to that car that weekend. Um, anyway, so after the shunt, Braden asks, where did you go straight away afterwards? And whose beverages somehow went missing <laughs> that same afternoon? I did uh, crack the shits pretty bad. And I went straight to the hotel. So the race was, you know, red flagged. It had barely pulled the car off the track and I was in the hotel room watching watching the TV. And yes, I did steal Braden's beers and I drank a few of them just to try and, you know, calm myself down a little bit. 
because I, I knew that I knew we weren't going to race the next day. The car was absolute toast. So, um, yeah, I stole a few of his Coronas. Sorry, Braden. Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, it sounds like you owe him. Um, okay, here we go. This fella called Josh Bucken. You, you may know him, Tony. You tried to race him over the weekend. Yeah, I didn't really see him, but yeah. He was a bit further up the road. So uh, he says, was your favorite part of the weekend seeing Tim Brooksy claw his way back to P3 in an emotional roller coaster of a weekend? <laughs> and also, P.S., Who's your favorite Hyundai driver? <laughs> My favorite Hyundai driver has to be Brad Shields. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it was very emotional watching Brooksy come through the field. Like only because I've taught him a lot and uh, just to see him put all that sort of stuff into practice in that race and, and really dig deep and uh, make those moves. So that was emotional for me. Um, but yeah, i tell you who gives the best handshakes though. Absolute wow. best you handshakes. You're going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> best handshakes, Josh Bucken. Right. You have to get a handshake off him next time. Solid. He's got the softest hands oh. you've ever felt. Right. He must moisturize two or three times a day, mm. or he does no work. But they're so soft. It's it's actually really nice. It's like a pillow. Oh, that's okay. That's cute. Try that next time. There's okay. a little tip for you. Great. Can't wait to go touch some other dude's hands. <laughs> Um, okay, there's a few questions in there regarding uh, Honda and um, and some of Tony's battling through the through the weekend. So we hope that the this pod has answered a few of those questions. But thank you, Robert, Maurice, uh, and about fifty five thousand other people asking the what was question. wrong with the <laughs> what was wrong with the Honda and are they going to fix it? Um, here we go. Uh, Adam Blattman. He asked a few questions, but I like this one the best. What was the choice of food in the catering tent for the weekend? And Tim McReynolds has uh, responded. So I'm not sure. Is he part of the team? Timmy McReynolds. He's one of our mechanics. Yes. Our so, number ones. Yeah. That's right. So uh, Adam Blattman has asked the question and Tim McReynolds has responded to what his did question. What did Timmy McReynolds say? And he said, definitely not the pastor. Oh, really? Laughing ah, emoji. The, I thought the pasta wasn't too bad. The uh, I tell you what, I didn't mind the breakfast. Bit of muesli, croissant. It was actually pretty damn good. Mm. So, so did you use the, uh, does the wall racing use the, the exceptional GRM mm. Dom yep. Dom and Dan it was uh, on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Those, no, we those guys are that. heroes. See, because, because uh, wall racing was in their little bubble, they couldn't go and dine anywhere else because they're obviously from coming out of Sydney, so they're yes. in a little bubble. Um, they couldn't dine anywhere else, so they were eating all their meals at the circuit and then from the circuit going straight back to the hotel room and that's where they'd stay all night until they come back to the circuit. So they had breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, everything mm. um, from the GRM catering. So I thought it was quite nice actually. Mm. Pretty bloody good. Okay. I wasn't complaining. No, I liked it. I liked it. I was on the same meal programs and it, uh, I was very satisfied. Mm, mm. Um, okay, cool. Hey, that's uh, not all of the questions, but, um, I definitely, uh, we, we definitely enjoyed uh, seeing some, uh, seeing the questions. Of course, we have to give away a t-shirt mm. and, uh, there is one question here from Matt Botrell 
who says, why is it only your friends or sponsors that get the parked up t-shirts and not everyday listeners? I accept this won't get me one of the t-shirts, but it's a genuine <laughs> question from a long, long time listener. So uh, I think what Matt's one, referring we? to is that uh, in our last episode for 2020, uh, we, we went through whatever the competition was that I'd invented. Uh, we went through there and picked a couple of winners and Tony was basically just picking his mates and giving, giving them free t-shirts. I didn't even know if I actually got around to sending, uh, the likes of Matty kid and, uh, some of those guys, the shirts. So, um, um, yeah. All right, Matt, like if you really want one of the shirts, bro, you can have one. We'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely send you one. Okay. You've, you've got it because we liked, we we're, we're a pod for the people. Is there any Sounds other good. questions in here? I reckon Josh Bucken should actually get a t-shirt. Yeah. Let's get him, give him a t-shirt because knowing him, he will actually wear it at a, on a race weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's just what we know. All right. And we'll give one to Adam Blackman as well. Okay. So Perfect. there we go. Hey, Done. we said we'll give away one T-shirt, and we've given away three. Hey, I, I don't mind this little segment. I reckon every each week you should put it out there. Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. There was a few more, few more, but that's okay. We'll save them up. Save them up, please. If you didn't, if your name didn't get called out there, save them up. We'll we'll um we'll get some uh we'll get some more feedback from the brain of Tony. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, let's wrap this pot up, mate. It's okay. been a big one, actually. Bloody big one. I actually got asked during the week while we hadn't put a pot out. Well, we'll I blamed it on you. All and my, 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 <laughs> it on you. my fault. Yeah, I said Grant's away and he forgot his microphone, which I think was true, actually. Well, sorry, I didn't forget my microphone. I purposely left it at home, just assuming that we weren't going to do it. And then I thought, oh, there was actually a, a window where we, where we could have done it. So um, anyway, we're back. We're away. We've got a race under our belt. Your championship is uh, started. Yeah. Started. It'll get really fired up at Phillip Island in a couple I'm of weeks. I'm fired up, mate. As you can tell, I'm very fired up about this. I like it. I'll tell you what you haven't mentioned enough today mm-hmm. is our friends at Racefield. Oh, Racefields. Well, they, of course, mate, they kickstart our, uh, they kickstart our program with the uh, excellently put together uh, advert. Um, and uh, we love the race fuels and maybe we'll grab Mark in our next episode and see what he's been up to. I saw he, he did a little video piece with uh, Greg Rust at the, uh, at uh, Baskerville. I think Mark Tierney is turning into a, a bit of a media celebrity himself. He's a bit of a celebrity now. I think cause we, we mentioned him so much on our podcast that suddenly he's just got this new status in pit oh, yeah. lane. That's good. That's good. That's what that's what we need for the race fuels. I love it. All right, TD, we're out. See you See next you week. All right. All right. See you, mate.